Bryce Miller got punched in the mouth for the first time in his career as Aaron Judge did Aaron Judge things. We'll talk about last night's defeat and then introduce a new segment. We're excited to get started here on the Locked On Mariners podcast. Colby, hit it. You are Locked On Mariners, your daily Seattle Mariners podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Ahoy, sailors. It is Tuesday, May 30th, 2023. This is Tiding as Allison Colby Patnode for the Locked On Mariners podcast brought to you by Bird Dogs. Go to birddogs.com slash locked on MLB. And when you enter promo code locked on MLB, they'll throw in a free custom Bird Dogs Yeti style tumbler every order. Thank you so much for making us your first listen. Subscribe, like, and turn on alerts if you're watching on YouTube or subscribe and leave a five-star review on your preferred podcast platform if you like what you hear. And if you're part of the crew and rock with us every single day, let us know in the comments below. And if you want to hear from us even more, please consider signing up for our Patreon. The link as well as our social accounts is in the description of this episode. And on this episode, we're excited to start our trade-a-day series where we pick a player from around the league and determine if the Mariners should trade for them, what we think it would cost, and more. But before that, let's talk about last night's game. Mariners unfortunately fall 10 to 4 to the New York Yankees. Bryce Miller on the hook for eight earned runs in this one. By far his worst start of his young major league career. Before we get into the specifics of Miller's issues, Colby, you were there at the ballpark watching in utter disgust. What frustrated you the most about last night? The fact that Bryce Miller didn't have it and everybody in the entire ballpark knew he didn't have it, and yet somehow you enter the top of the fifth inning with a chance to win this game uh, against the Yankees, the first game of the series, which is always an important one. Uh, and not only does you know Scott send him back out there, uh, he kind of lets him twist in the wind and keeps him out there for well beyond what was even reasonable. And the thing that is the most annoying of it all is that you literally have a player in on your roster whose sole purpose, his only value to you, is to eat innings when your starter doesn't have it. And you didn't use him. In fact, you didn't use him until the eighth when the game was out of hand. Now, I just... like You can't justify Chris Flexen's roster spot if you're not going to use him in that situation. You cannot do it. Because that is the sole reason you've said repeatedly you like having a long guy in the pen for situations just like that. And you didn't use him. And he left your rookie pitcher out to dry when he clearly didn't have his best stuff, when he clearly uh, was you know, struggling um, with just about everything. And you have this guy. And the only thing I could think of at the time was like, well, you know, there's kind of that weird thing where they have Luis Castillo scheduled to pitch on short rest. I don't think that's going to happen. Not, not in, you know, the end of May. So Maybe they need flexing for an emergency spot start. Maybe they want to push Kirby back a day or something like that. Nope, because if they wanted to do that, they wouldn't use flexing in this game. It doesn't make sense. There's absolutely no reason to hang your rookie out to dry like that. He didn't have it, and you had a shot to win this game. Go to flexing. You're down 4-2. to two. Odds of you winning the game, still not great, but still winnable. And you go to flexing. If flexing blows it, oh, well. Then flexing's out there for the next four or five innings. You're not going to use him for the next few days anyways, and then you DFA him on June 1st or whatever the heck they're waiting for. But nope, we're just going to let Bryce stay out there and get crushed, watch him throw a ton of three-ball counts, watch him just fight every single bit of his mechanics to try and get guys out, and we're just going to let him twist in the wind because I can't afford to use Chris Flexen when I have Logan Gilbert going today 
pretty safe bet to go six innings. I just, I don't get it. I don't get it. So basically you waste one 10 uh, in a game. You can't, you can't win. Uh, we'll probably see a roster move there today. I can't imagine that he's uh, going to be available after two innings. And there's no reason to have a guy, two guys in your bullpen that you're not willing to use like Chris Flexen. This is why you have Chris Flexen. This is why you've refused to DFA him for this specific reason. And you didn't use it. Scott continues to be awful, absolutely awful at the improv game. If things don't go according to plan, Scott refuses, absolutely refuses to go off page until it's too late. You won't go off script until you've already lost the game. That doesn't help anybody. You had a chance to win this game. It was still a winnable game. And you didn't use the one guy who's literally like his only purpose on this ball club right now is to do what he needed to do there. And you wouldn't do it. You, you, you sacrifice the game. You sacrifice the game to get what an extra out out of Bryce Miller, an extra two outs out of Bryce Miller. Good job, Scott. Good job. You played a stupid game. You won stupid prizes. Congratulations. You probably just lost this series because you didn't even give your guys a shot to win last night because you kept running Bryce Miller out there when it was clear. Dude didn't have it. He didn't have it. He wasn't comfortable yesterday. That was painfully obvious, even from my seats in the 300 level. Didn't have it. Was not going to get better. The first four innings proved that definitively. He was getting worked by Willie Calhoun and Jake Bowers. Hashtag Bowers Rangers. And your idea is like, oh, no, yeah, we'll just let him face the top of the order again. What could go wrong? There you go. That's what could go wrong. You blew it, Scott. You absolutely blew it because you have a guy. Literally. I get it. You used a lot of guys the day before in the extra inning games. Bullpen's probably a little thin. That's why you have Chris Flexen to go out there and eat three or four innings. And if you're not going to use him in that situation, then get his bum butt off of this team. He doesn't belong on this team. He doesn't. You have Prolander Barrow just sitting down there throwing darts in the minors. You're not using him. Matt Fest has been a lot better. Fest can go two innings if that's all you're looking for. What are we doing? Flexen doesn't deserve to be on this team if you're not going to use him in the one situation you quite literally have said is the reason he's sticking around. You blew it. You sacrificed the chance to win because you didn't want to go off script too early. That's on you, Scott. And to make matters worse, you left your rookie pitcher out there to hang. You left him out there to dry. You left him out there to get battered and beaten and straight up bullied by the Yankees on a day where he just didn't have a punch. You made him look awful because you refuse to use the veteran who you're going to DFA in three days. Anyways, you refuse to let him be the punching bag. So now the rookie has to wear it for you. Awful. Just awful. I appreciate your attempt to uh, censor yourself during that rant, by the way. Mm -hmm. Good rant. It's all a rant. What, what would you guys give it down in the comments below on the 20 to 80 grade scale relative yeah, now, to other Colby rants? Yeah. Now imagine it was yesterday, like after the fifth <laughs> inning. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sure the 12 or so hours that uh, you've had to to stew on that have, uh, I don't know, maybe diminished your your anger a little bit on that front. But uh, well, still you know, I'm, I'm a big picture guy. Sure, Come back sure. today, win the game today. Everything's good. Sure, sure. there you go. Uh, Flexen, like you mentioned, he he ended up getting into this game, but after this one was over and done with, he goes the final two innings of this one, gives up an earned run, walks two, uh, strikes out two. Uh, Bryce Miller, four and two-thirds innings pitched. Eight earned runs on 11 hits, 12 hard hit balls, just three strikeouts. 
no walks, two home runs, uh, both of those being his first and second home runs allowed in his major league career. Uh, this was a fairly off-speed, heavy um, approach from, from Miller relative to what we've seen from him in, in past starts. Uh, still, you know, 50 fastballs out of his 86 pitches, but we saw 11 sliders, 10 sweepers, 8 changeups. They actually have that called a sweeper now on Baseball Savant, by the way. Uh, eight changeups and then seven curveballs. I don't know how the they're determining all of this. So whatever, uh, because Miller says that he has three sliders. I don't know which one is which. Really, I don't know what baseball Savant is considering. You know what to be what, but uh, those are the numbers on that. Um, and you know we saw what the the game plan was against Judge pretty clearly. It was off speed away. He tried to sneak one fastball by him on the outside a third of the plate couldn't get the call and then his next fastball they threw him in that second at bat judge obliterated to Edgar's cantina 117 miles per hour off the bat uh, really what the issue was here fastball command for miller just wasn't there he just didn't have it he was missing his spot pretty significantly try to get the um the counts on that um I don't have that right in front of me, but uh, I'll try to get that in a second. But overall, yeah, I just Miller's game plan to the execution just completely off in this one. Um, so you've looked at the numbers now. What, what do you think? What, what went wrong for Miller? Last I night? think it was a terrible game plan before the first pitch was even thrown. And then it was just an even worse execution. Uh, because you know, you look at the, the, the home run that, that he gave up to judge, right? Like cow is set up off the plate and that fastball is middle, middle. Like that is obviously not where you want to leave a pitch to anybody, let alone Aaron judge. Um, so I think, you know, it was just didn't really have it. We saw a lot. I saw quite a few 92s on the radar gun, um, from Miller, which is kind of a red flag. Um, it just, it kind of shows that he just, he just did not have, uh, his stuff. He just did not have his control, his command, his mechanics were out of whack. Um, now we did see 98. So I don't think it's a huge concern, but we did see a lot. I saw quite a few 92s uh, on the stadium gun. And that was kind of a, a red flag for me because Miller typically 94 to 96. Um, but yeah, he just he clearly didn't have it. You know, we saw him miss spots by, you know, six inches, not an inch here and there. It was six, seven, eight inches, sometimes a foot. Um, you know, so he just didn't really have any any command uh, of his of his stuff, uh, which obviously isn't great. Uh, then you you kind of factor that in with the the plan to not use your best pitch as much as you possibly can. Uh, I think it was just a, a flawed strategy, and I think it was poorly executed. It was a poorly executed, poor game plan. Now I don't have all the numbers that the Mariners do. I don't have all the data they do, but mm-hmm. I do know something. At the end of the day, like you have to do what you're good at. At, to a certain extent, you have to do what you're best at. And what Bryce Miller is best at is fastball heavy. 70, 80% fastballs. Last mm-hmm. night, he was around 55, I think was the account, 56%. Mm-hmm. It's not enough, not nearly enough. You need to be at least 65, at least. Um, it's just too many breaking balls. You're, 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 the breaking stuff, the off-speed stuff, it's not good enough to just throw that. And then the fastball is complimentary. It has to be a fastball led uh, game plan. And I just didn't feel like last night's was so, and I, I don't feel like the Yankees did anything to force Miller to change his game plan. He just kind of did it. And I think that was a mistake. So 
you know, poor game plan, poor, ex, uh, probably even worse execution. And it all adds up to, you know, getting knocked around the park. Right. Uh, I finally got game data load here. So 58 strikes on the 86 pitches. I don't have the specifics on, on each pitch on that front, but uh, still just command, not where you needed it to be. And, and that home run specifically to judge fastball right down the middle of the plate. Can't leave that there to anyone, especially Aaron Judge, who had two home runs all the night, also robbed one from Teoscar Hernandez. He is annoyingly good. I think that's the best way to describe Aaron Judge. If you're not a Yankees fan, it's annoying. It's it's utterly irritating how good Aaron Judge is at baseball. It's ridiculous. Ridiculous stuff. And unfortunately, the Mariners get burned by him. Hopefully the game plan and the execution against him tonight and tomorrow is a lot better because that's really the only way you're going to be able to beat this Yankees team if you can stuff out Judge. And also, hey, maybe not allow two hitters that entered the the game last night with a WRC plus of 95 and 70 respectively to go a combined five for nine with five extra base hits. Maybe don't do that either. Yeah, two of Colby's guys come out and torch the Yankees. How about that? Are you a Willie Calhoun guy? Yep, sure. Am. Mm-hmm. That feels like revisionist history. It's not, though. <laughs> All right, let's talk about a guy that you and I both really like and have wanted on the Mariners for the last couple of years, Andrew McCutcheon. He is going to be the target of our first trade-a-day segment here that we're going to be doing over the next couple of months leading up to the trade deadline. We'll be talking about that in just a moment. But first, a reminder, this episode of the Locked On Mariners podcast is brought to you by FanDuel. Grand slams, no hitters, and double plays are back, and there's no better place to get in on the MLB action than FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Because new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Then you can bet on everything, from who goes home with a win to the result of the very first pitch. Plus, FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with the same game parlay. So don't miss your chance to get your no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you Go to FanDuel.com slash locked on. That's FanDuel.com slash L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N to learn more. FanDuel, an official partner of Major League Baseball. And you're listening to the Locked On Mariners podcast. Thank you again for making us your first listen. Tonight, Yankees, Mariners, 6.40 p.m. first pitch. You can catch all the action on the Mariners hometown broadcast with Sirius XMV, the SXM app. So, Colby. Back when you and I wrote over on a little website called SotoMojo.com, we did a series starting roughly around this time of year uh, called Trade-A-Day. And we would do that all the way up to the trade deadline, proposing mock trades for the Mariners and uh, seeing you know, what it would cost to acquire certain guys. It was a fun exercise, and now we're going to bring it here to, to Locked on M. So the first target for us, I think, is, is a perfect target. Andrew McCutcheon, someone that you and I have wanted to see in a Mariners uniform for the last couple of years. Uh, We just recently saw him at T-Mobile Park this weekend, uh, and he's having a pretty good year. Basically going to be a full-time DH if he were to be acquired by the Mariners. He has played right field like seven times, but really all he can do out there is just kind of stand out there at this point in his career. Uh, But the bat still playing up quite a bit, 117 WRC+. plus. As we speak. So let me ask you this. First of all, what do you think it would cost to acquire McCutcheon? 
That's a complicated question because as we sit right now, the Pirates are, are not yet eliminated or anywhere near eliminated from the playoff conversation. The NL Central is kind of bad right now. Uh, it's both central divisions are pretty bad right now, but uh, and also Andrew McCutcheon is a legend uh, of, of the Pittsburgh Pirates and he's already expressed interest in signing an extension and, and obviously he's having a great time right now. And uh, Pittsburgh is a young team. So his veteran leadership, blah, 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 is going to carry a lot of value. So um, how much is, you know, a half a year of that worth to Pittsburgh? Probably enough that it's going to jack up the price. And if you're the Mariners, you don't want to overpay for anybody, but especially not a 35 year old outfielder. Who's really just a DH. Uh, the similarities between McCutcheon and Pollock, AJ Pollock are pretty much dead on. Uh, Pollock's actually still a capable defender even. Uh, so the only real difference is right now is McCutcheon is uh, producing uh, at the plate and Pollock is not. So uh, yeah, obviously all the issues that, that stood with the AJ Pollock acquisition, his age, how often can you play him? How long is he going to hold up? Those all apply to McCutcheon, and when you kind of combine all of those reasons with all of Pittsburgh's um, non-baseball reasons, I don't know if, if there's going to be a match here just because I don't know if, if the Mariners aren't going to value Andrew McCutcheon for his you know, clubhouse uh, stuff like the Pirates are. So the Pirates probably look at this and say, look, all these factors for us to to like sell this to our fan base that we traded Andrew McCutcheon again, we're going to want something that makes it worth it and probably want something that's close to major league ready. Um, so I wouldn't be shocked at all if they came to you and were like, okay, you know, give us Brian Wu. And of course the Mariners aren't going to do that. Of course they're not. Mm -hmm. But if you're Pittsburgh, why would you trade Andrew McCutcheon for, you know, Zach Deloach and, and Ashton Izzy? Like, the Loach is a fourth, fifth outfielder at best, and Izzy is four or five years away from the big league. So what's the purpose there? And if you're the Mariners, you're not trading anything off your big league roster for Andrew McCutcheon, right? I mean, like, obviously, well, I mean, you probably, you trade Chris Flexen for him, but obviously Pittsburgh's not going to do that. So there's just nothing really where, I, I have a hard time imagining that the Mariners are going to be able to offer a prospect that is going to, you know, fulfill a need for the pirates to look their fan base in the eye and say, ah, oh, we traded the franchise player again for a guy who's four or five years away. You know what I mean? So yeah. maybe because O'Neill Cruz is there, maybe because Cabrian Hayes is there, who sucks by the way, maybe because Brian Reynolds is locked in long-term, maybe they feel like we have enough going in the right direction that we can do this and just resign McCutcheon next year. But if you're Andrew McCutcheon, do you want to sign with the pirates again after they've traded you for the second time? Cause they could just do it again next year. So I don't know. I don't know. McCutcheon is, uh, he's not a great fit. Obviously again, he's pretty much DH only. He's a right-handed bat. You really prefer a left-handed bat. Um, and while he's having a good year, he hasn't been all that great the last few years. He's been fine, but he's essentially AJ Pollock, but Pollock has more versatility. So I don't know how much you're willing to give up. If you're the Mariners, I don't think you're going to meet the probably inflated asking price of, of the pirates even if it is just for half a year. So I, I don't know. It's kind of a tough, it's a tough needle to thread. So look, I get everything that you're saying, but if you're the pirates, the smart baseball decision here is to take advantage of McCutcheon's value, whatever that may be and get something, uh -huh. get a long-term asset. 
noted smart baseball organization, Pittsburgh Pirates. I'm aware. I'm aware. I'm aware. I'm aware. I'm aware. But the, the, kind of a big hole in the logic there. Just saying. I'm, they gave Brian Hayes like a hundred million dollars. Kill him. Here we go. Here we go with the Brian Hayes thing again. If they are open to it, I, I do think that there is a an opportunity here for the Mariners. I think that there is that there would be some interest from the Mariners, even though, like you said, that you would prefer this bat to be left-handed. That you would prefer that he has some sort of positional flexibility. Um, but at a certain point, you just need a bat right now. Any bat, right. really, in my mind. Right. Not at that point yet, but yeah, sure. Beggars can't be choosers. And look, if let's say that they go all in on a on another pitcher this deadline, and that's their big addition of the of the summer, and not going to happen. But okay, you were literally the one pounding the table for a pitcher acquisition like two weeks ago. What are you talking about? Yeah, and then Bryce Miller dominated the the Braves. Yeah, but really, that changed your mind. Really, yeah, kind of. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Well, all right. But what's the big pitcher acquisition that's out there this year? Eduardo Rodriguez, or maybe just someone like you mentioned, like oh, Alex Cobb. We're going to talk. Oh, now all of a sudden Alex Cobb is a big addition. Interesting. Hmm. We'll not saying that that's on. necessarily a big, big addition, but hmm. look, if, 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 if their biggest addition of the summer is a pitcher, maybe someone like McCutcheon makes sense where. Look, on the high end, I feel like he probably cost you, what, Jonathan Classe, and then on the low end, a couple of lottery tickets, right? Does that sound about right? Yeah. So, you know, maybe that's that's something that makes sense. You know, the thing that I've, I've been seeing from Mariners fans is like, oh, this team needs another Carlos Santana. One, I don't necessarily agree with that, but why does your Carlos Santana have to be Carlos Santana, Carlos again, Santana. or or Eric Hosmer? Why can't it be an Andrew McCutcheon? Why can't we dream a little bit bigger here? Anything and not by much, but why can't we dream anything a to little bash bit? Eric Hosmer, just anything. I know, I know. <laughs> you you got your key Brian Hayes one in here. I got my Eric Hosmer one in here. So let me have this. Uh, so no, <laughs> no, of course, of course. Uh, I don't know. I I don't think that it's a, a, a that it's a great fit. Really. Um, I do love Kutch, though. So if they acquired him, awesome. I'm doing backflips because Andrew McCutcheon is sick. And if he's <laughs> in a Mariners uniform, then I'm super happy about that. Um, but I, I would prefer the Mariners to go out and uh, look for someone that can can actually play in the field and someone that preferably hits from the left side of the plate. Yeah, there's no uh, there's no like perfect uh, fit. That's well. To me, like the perfect fit for in terms of need and position and, and you know skill set and blah blah blah. It's Alex Verdugo, um, but we don't think Verdugo is likely to be available. Uh, I'm sure we'll talk about him at some point, but uh, yeah, you're just probably not going to find all the guy who checks all those boxes, right? Line drive hitter, left-handed bat, can play multiple positions, high on base, doesn't strike out. Like that's a lot to ask for in a midseason find and and. McCutcheon doesn't check a lot of those. He's not defensively versatile. He strikeouts aren't a huge issue for him. He's about league average. So that's, that's a, that's a plus in his hand, but he's not left-handed. Um, and I don't know how that bat is going to play at T-Mobile park. And again, he's just so similar to AJ Pollock that like, 
I wonder if the mayors might not look at it and be like, look, let's save the asset that we're going to have to probably overpay in order to get Andrew McCutcheon. And let's just, you know, spend that elsewhere and hope that Pollock turns it around. And there are some signs of that now. Kind of the interesting thing on Pollock is we haven't seen him in like a week. Um, and yeah, there's he hasn't played the, since the injury. And there's a lefty on the mound today. Nestor Cortez, I believe, is pitching today, yep, right? Yep, so, yep, yep, correct. We'll we'll see. Uh, By the way, know, folks, you can catch that game on the Mariners Hometown Broadcast with SiriusXM via the SXM app. There you go. So, yeah, we'll see if he's in the lineup today. That's, that's pretty telling, but, uh, yeah, the Mariners don't have a ton of outfield options right now. Cade Marlowe hasn't played in a few days, and nobody really knows why. Dylan Morris um, had a setback. Yep. Surprise. Uh, mm-hmm. Sam Haggerty still stinks. Uh, Taylor Trammell, eesh, I mean, he's fun when he's hitting home runs, but if you're not going to do it 35 times, that profile is not going to work. So, um, yeah, McCutcheon fits in some sense, but I just think that there is a practicality issue here just because of how much the Pirates are probably going to overvalue him. And if you're the Mariners, you're not interested in like now. Why Paul, why would you trade Jonathan Classe? Sure, for half a year of Andrew McCutcheon. Sure, that you wouldn't. Well, it, it's also all relative to what the costs of other bats around the league are as well, mm-hmm. right? I mean, is that what the is that what you think the best value is at the time? Then, then sure. But we have no way of knowing that, and really, I can't imagine that that would be the best value at at any given point in time. Um, quickly, just going back to the Pirates for a second, though, when it comes to a franchise legend like Andrew McCutcheon, yeah, you obviously want him around, and yeah, he's he's shown interest in signing an extension with you. But also, wouldn't you want to try and do right by him if you can give him an opportunity to compete in the postseason, maybe compete for a World Series? I mean, that's ultimately up to McCutcheon, I would think. But Yeah, yeah I mean, I don't know. Hey, by the way, uh, do you remember what uh, Andrew McCutcheon was traded for? I don't even remember who he was traded to, to be quite honest with you. Traded to the Giants. I was, yeah, it was the Giants. Yeah. For Brian Reynolds. Oh, yeah, that's right. So, so what you're saying is Jonathan Classe would turn into Brian Reynolds if they traded him. Sure. Sure. I'm totally okay at trading Jonathan Classe, though. I am. The hype on him is is getting a little ridiculous, which might be good because maybe the Mariners can cash in on that. But, like, sure. The dude is like a walking one for his last eight with a massive home run and five strikeouts. And it's like, look at the home run. I mean, cool, but. So Taylor's your mouth. Yeah, kind of. Yeah, honestly. Uh, Faster, better base runner than Trammell. But yeah, Mm. pretty much the same thing offensively. But gotcha. We'll see, but yeah, Class A is probably the guy I'm going to try and and fit into a lot of uh, trades just because I feel like he's the one of the more replaceable prospects that's going to carry a lot of value so i'm going to ask i'm going to ask you this at the end of the day or at the end of all these trade a day uh segments yes or no trading for andrew mccutcheon yeah or nay thumbs up thumbs down whatever uh like just in theory on, on paper yeah like if the price is right, okay. 
if the pirates want you to pay even 10 cents on the or like 110 cents uh, they want you to pay a dollar 10 on the dollar for andrew mccutcheon to you know help relieve their clubhouse issues then they can go kick rocks like i'm not no colby simple yes or no answer because context does not matter when we have these conversations okay it's not no. important at all okay i'll say maybe and i'm the only one who gets to say maybe not mm. you interesting only i can i mean hey if they want Cade marlowe like sure i guess but i think you should probably try and do a little better first but sure. we'll see sure we'll see uh, it's a it's a fun idea in theory because mm -hmm. it's andrew mccutcheon hopefully he doesn't make any base running blunders like he did in the uh, top of the 10th on sunday in a mary's uniform but uh it's a double agent already helping seattle right 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 all right who should we do next let us know in the comments below it's not going to be shohei otani if you're curious it's definitely going to be Shohei Otani. It's going to be Jose Ramirez. It's going to be Brian Reynolds. It's going to be all of them. Oh, I'm going to say Julio Rodriguez for all of them. And you know what? Since, uh, you know, we spent this whole offseason grading and dragging your trade ideas, grade and drag our trade ideas. Give us a grade on the 2080 scale down below. I'm yeah, sure Colby will know. love to read all of them. I want you to know ahead of time, I do not respect any of your opinions on that matter. Right. <laughs> that's gonna do it for our show you thank you so much me. for joining us on the locked on mariners podcast colby patnode i'm tidying gonzalez be sure to give us a follow on twitter at lo underscore mariners you can follow me at dane gonzalez c-a-n-e-g-n-z-l-z -E -E, and colby at cpat11 that's cpat11 follow us on instagram and tiktok as well over at locked on mariners that's one word locked on mariners you can also find all that stuff in the description of this episode thank you again for making us your first listen again you can catch the mariners and the yankees tonight on the Mariners Hometown Broadcast with SiriusXM via the SXM app. Have yourself a beautiful baseball day, and we'll see you tomorrow. Peace.